prepared for something to be prepared for before mm-hmm. on so we're a neutral mm-hmm. and you're right you know when such are punching like this um, right we're not having you no know, nothing in line anything you know no. uh, you're responsible and in plain when they or it's happened something like a little bit i think is about this fit over four thousand people in ireland have so far offered a spare room or a vacant property for ukrainian refugees and the figure stood as 180 last friday more than 1.7 million people altogether so far have fled Ukraine uh, in the last two weeks since the Russian invasion started. And the Irish Red Cross is encouraging people to pledge offers of accommodation with Ireland uh, expected to take in around, well, they don't know yet, somewhere between 80 to 100,000 refugees. A lot of, it's a lot of people. Think about that. That's more people than fit into Croke Park. Uh, offers can be made online at redcross.ie, by the way, if you want to go on. And Minister for Children, Equality, Disability and Integration and Youth, Roderick O'Gorman, he's a long title, he does an awful lot, doesn't he, uh, has said that a specialised unit will shortly be put in place to meet refugees from the Ukraine as they arrive at the airport and ports in Ireland, obviously, to give them all the information they need. They can also arrange accommodation with the Department of Social Protection, who will provide automatically PPS numbers and other supports to enable access to the labour market, including social welfare, including child benefits and anything else. Now, I know a lot of people are whinging about this this morning, by the way, but I want you to take into consideration you're not there with missiles landing on your head. Do you understand what I'm saying? But I, but I do understand the point you're making. That, yes, and I, I, I'm not using the line, but I've heard it so many times, why don't we look after our own forced... And, and I'm not disagreeing with you on that. Our own should be looked after, if that's the way you feel about it. But we also have to look after other people too. We have a duty and responsibility, haven't we, to make sure, from a humanitarian point of view, uh, to make sure other people looked after. As long as it's done properly, by the way. I'm not suggesting. But, but mind you, I did mention last night the telly when I was talking about it. My biggest problem is I don't trust the government to have things in place. Because when I listened to people yesterday, for example, or Ashley mentioned me an article in the Irish Independent about a woman who's reconsidering having more children because she can't get child places in early education or in a creche or whatever it happens to be. And yet Michal Martin is on the radio at the same time saying, you know, we're going to provide early education and we're going to provide spaces and for children coming from the Ukraine. So we can't even provide them at the moment. So how does he expect to provide it for another 100,000 people? Because it will be mainly women and children and elderly people that will become people over the age of 60 because between 18 and 60 years of age, most of the young men and men of that age are still in the Ukraine and will be staying there. Now, they may come to join their partners later. Uh, on arrival, once a person presents themselves the department to the Department of Justice officials, they're going to be issued with a letter stating that they are in Ireland under the EU temporary protection order. There will be checks on all offers of sharing accommodation, but Mr O'Gorman said, uh, did not say if this would include guard vetting. Uh, now, I, I think it would probably have to include guard vetting, wouldn't it? Particularly if there's children. So if you've got a mother and, say, three children or two children coming and staying in someone's house, you know, you've got to make sure that the, the person, the individual, the man or the woman in the house is safe, you know, to be around children. I suppose you would have to have guard vetting in place. Anyway, the main priority is to ensure that all who arrive are safe and whatever accommodation they are placed in and a full range of mechanisms will be put in place. I can see them putting the cart before the horse in this one, to be honest with you. He added that he is asking Irish people to be patient as various government departments come together to coordinate a response. Around 2,000 people fleeing war in the Ukraine, many with family links here, have landed in Ireland already, but they're probably living with families who are already living here, Ukrainian families that are already living here. And the Tanish this morning stated that the Ukrainian crisis means things are here are going to be tough for a while. Households are already facing spiralling fuel bills, while there are concerns about possible food shortages, and the state will have to provide financial support for Ukrainian refugees who come here as well, on top of all that. 
Nothing like a good crisis. Leo Varadkar says, no one was expecting a war in Europe, but things will be okay in the end. So I want to know, will you be offering a room? I want you to text or WhatsApp on 087-188-0008. Will you offer a room? Do you have a room? And I suppose not so much will you, because what I want to know is how you feel about it. So if you have, I suppose the better question to ask is, if you had a room, because you may not, and a lot of people don't have a spare room, that's fine. But if you had a spare room in your house right now, would you offer it up to a Ukrainian refugee? Somebody said in the text here, by the way, do you get paid for it? The answer to that question, I actually don't know, because nobody really has discussed that. So I don't know is the answer to that question. But the number, assuming you won't, by the way, and it could be for a period of a year, it could be more. They're saying months, but it could be years. God knows how long this could last. It could get worse. It could get better. The number is 87 If you had a room, would you offer it up for Ukrainian refugee? Yes, you would. Let's take a little vote during the break. Or no, you wouldn't. Let me know what you think. It's 087-188-0008. You can WhatsApp or text or indeed send us a WhatsApp voicemail. Just like this one. When I'm listening to you, Mr. Nile, it's like listening to Leo Varadka. From one side, we should help. And from the other, we shouldn't help because we should first look after our own people. Can you please make up your own mind first? Please. Love the show. <laughs> well, see, you got to understand. See, this is, what, this is what a broadcaster does. I give you both sides of the story. Because there are many people, with respect to you, who wouldn't. And there are many people who are quite happy to help. So I'm giving you both sides, and I want to hear your opinion, just like yours. The number's 87 188 I'm glad you love the show. Keep texting, keep WhatsApping. Number's 87 188 Will you be offering up a room in your home? Let me just go to Gerben. Gerben, you're in Ireland's Classic Kids. How are you doing? Yeah, hi, Gerben. It's been a few days. So, uh, yeah, I've already offered my room. I'm one of the two and a half to 4,000 people who went on the Irish Red Cross site and rented uh, my room or house. I've got a three-bedroom house plus a two-bedroom annex. I was living there in my own and already wanted to, yeah, with my pets in this case, and I want already to turn it up to an Airbnb or eco-clamping site, if you like. Okay, so and you have a three-bed house plus you have two bedrooms in the annex yeah, as well. Yeah, I wanted to rent out anyways. But, um, so how many, how many rooms have you made available? Um, I can make two uh, two rooms available, and then I also have an annex a studio, if you like. Yeah. And uh, so that's another room. So that's three rooms, and then I've got also three acres of land. It's mountain land in West Limerick. Okay. Uh, you were saying about modular homes, so they could definitely be being built here. Um, there was a gentleman here um, just here uh, just before. Like, what about uh, our own? I want to give a sample, like like in Amsterdam, they once uh, created a lot of uh, people for homes for for the homeless by um, getting the into the, by getting the Olympics basically to Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. So and then the local government built over five thousand homes, which then temporarily were hosted, you know, for, for the, the Olympic Village, uh, yes, uh, yeah, uh, for the Olympic Village, and then they were turned into permanent housing. So that'd be a great way, and the same is with, with Melo. So if the government can be proactive mm-hmm. with uh, providing those incentives for modular homes. But here's, here's the thing about the modular yeah. homes. Now, the modular homes were suggested going back about seven or eight years ago yeah, um, yeah, by the yeah, Irish yeah. government to tackle the housing crisis. But people wouldn't, right. ex- people wouldn't accept that, OK? Now, obviously, this is a crisis situation, and I get what you're saying. And it, yeah. there has been a suggestion that modular homes would be used. 
But what happens if this crisis continues longer than we imagine? And what happens if out of the 80 to 100,000 people who come here, and maybe with family reunification, i.e. the men who are staying back in Ukraine, they may come afterwards, I don't know. Maybe they decide to stay in Ireland. They like it better here. It's safer. And and, and if that's what they want to do, that's what they they want to do. So what happens Mm -hmm. then? You can't leave them in a modular home for the rest of their life. No, uh, no, like definitely. But then again, there's also a shortage of certain jobs uh, in Ireland. Uh, you know, people working in uh, IT, working in IT myself. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm sure there's, there's, there's a, the lack of nurse, nurses, I'm sure among the 100,000 people, there's plenty of nurses and people with an IT background. So they will be very welcome on the job market. But let's first bring them to Ireland because they've suffered so much hardship under this war. And um, so they will take a few weeks or months or maybe even a year, depending on their mental health issues. Well, the, the uh, problem we're going to have is yeah. with the first tranche, so to speak, of the uh-huh. 80 to 100,000 people, it is going to be mainly women, children and mm-hmm. old people over the age of 65. That's okay, right, so there'll yeah. be men and women over the age of 65. You're not going to have many people working in that group of people. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because there'll be women with children and, you know, a lot of those will be staying at home with their children, as a lot of people do, particularly if you're a single mum and your husband is back mm-hmm. in the Ukraine. The older people won't be working because they'll be at retirement age. So that's a pension we're going to have to pay out uh, to those people. So realistically, it, it, I don't think it's going to affect the unemployment rate too much because most of those people, this 80 to 100,000 people, will be on welfare payments of some description. Yeah, but then I can also look for the other perspective. It brings in so much wealth and experience and, and, and motivation for people to think, you know, about different countries and their perspective. We are a neutral nation, so we basically... Oh, no, Gerben... That's another issue, of course. Eh? Yeah, well, well, but, uh, well, that's a whole conversation. We're not really yeah. a neutral nation. We're not certainly yeah, not politically uh, neutral, that's for sure. It, that's right. We are only political and neutral, but, uh, of course, in practice, we are not, of course... Uh, mm. That, uh, that, that's true, and for example, in Shannon Airport, mm. this army flights passing through the airport, American flights went to Shannon. went to Iraq in the past. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah, and then, uh, like uh, TDs like Mick Berry and Claire Daly climbed, climbed the fence. You probably. Uh, wow, a, a I remember that. But look, currently but, at the moment. That's another story, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. we are giving financial aid to Ukraine, uh, and because we're giving financial aid to Ukraine at, currently at the moment, um, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter whether we're giving them weapons or not. I hear, keep hearing this argument oh, we're new we can't give them weapons. But you were given financial aid anyway. They can buy weapons with the financial aid that we're giving them. So, I mean, realistically, it doesn't matter whether you're giving them a gun or giving them the fuel for the car to drive to the person to kill them. It doesn't really make a difference. We are part of it. We do support them and we are supporting them. So, to suggest that we're neutral is a bit of a nonsense, really. It's deceptive. Yeah, so that, that, that's, that's for that's arguments so for, for different... Mm. <laughs> really, okay, really, it, really it, it is. You are, you are but, right. Uh, but uh, anyways, back, back to home. I want to offer the home to uh, refugees with okay. their pets. Yep. Of course, you know, I'm from an animal background, so uh, me personally, uh, I would prefer, and, you know, I don't want to have a disagreement with you, uh, uh, I know you're a smoker, um, and I'm not, so I would prefer a non-smoker, and, of course, an animal lover here. Of course. But, of course, but, yeah, that's just personally. But well, the, no, that's your choice. If you're, giving, no? if you're giving your rooms yeah. up, it's your choice as to who stays yeah, there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, by the way, I'm wondering, Gerben, what's going to happen, because a lot of families coming from Ukraine will might have a, a you know a pet cat or a dog or whatever mm-hmm. are the are the airlines going to let them bring their dogs and cats on board i'm assuming they will let them they'll have to yeah, let them yeah, uh, because on ferries as well and that's why i think ferries have to be forthcoming and then offer free uh, free uh, free travel thing like irish ferries etc they and you know people for example now like i was talking about irish uh, 
but Husky Rescue Ireland the other day that uh, uh, about a different issue That's last right. Friday. And they're now involved in bringing pet food to the border of Ukraine and Poland. So there's one person basically ferrying over mm-hmm. uh, with a huge uh, van. And then uh, there's one of our members from Party for the Move I'm not sure if you can say that. Yeah. He's basically helping out uh, bringing the pet food from, from, and, and from a wonderful, dropping a location. A wonderful cause. And I know we spoke to them the other day on the, on the radio and that they're bringing over, they're looking for donations, bringing over pet food for people who have been, uh, for pets have, that have been displaced during this as well. Gerben, stay with me just for a second. Let me just go to Darianne as well. Darianne, you're an artist. Hi, Darianne. I mean, Darianne, 4,000 people so far have signed up to offer a spare room, uh, you know, and Gerben is one of those people. He has a few rooms spare in his house. He lives on his own, a three-bed house with two rooms and an annex as well uh, in Limerick. And he's offered even his his two or three acres to build modular homes on it for people. People are very good and charitable, aren't they? Well, I, I think that's exceptionally kind um, to listen to that guy there. You know, because it, it's not an easy thing. And just for the record, the home that I had that I lost in 2013, I just wanted to say that when the Bosnian crisis came in um, and we had people coming here, I rented my home to Bosnian family through the social welfare, through whoever, and I re-rented. Yeah. And I let them live there for a couple of years. So, um, but my point is, I fully agree that we should help these people. There's nothing so horrendous that's going on at the moment. But my concern is the government couldn't get their act together when we had a serious homeless crisis here. Which we still have. Which we still have, absolutely. And believe me, I'm at the brunt of it at the moment, on top of falling and doing my elbow in. But anyway, um, it's, I can't understand. Like yesterday I was making a call about something to do with the housing thing, to be to find out that one council did not give me information that I should have been told. And if you know, if they can't even communicate to people, and there's not only Irish people homeless here, there's a lot of you know, there's a lot going on. Mm. But my point is if they can't and they clearly don't care about it here. So it, it just irks me that they do come out looking to be, you know, get all the traps in the back um, when when they can just put everything else under the under the mat. So, in other words, what you're saying is, if they're incapable currently of solving the homeless crisis, and there's six over sixty thousand people on a housing list in this country currently, there's usually around nine thousand people in temporary accommodation who are homeless, right? So, you're telling me if they're incapable of sorting that problem out, which they have been for the last twenty years. Uh, how are they yeah. capable of suddenly housing or, you know, getting homes and, you know, social welfare and protections together for eighty to 100,000 extra people? I absolutely, like, if they prove they could do it with, with the situation here in 20 years when they every chance under the sun to do it, and they still have, there's still ways it could be done. Um, like, I've seen a whole load of ways, and they will not listen to people who come up with ideas about building maybe a, a place for older people and it, all sorts of schemes, that, but the, the government keep turning away. And I just don't understand if you can't get, in the scheme of the 100,000, what's homeless here is really a dot in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, if they, why don't they get up now and prove that they can do it now? And not, and not what happened before when they brought in under disgraceful conditions those people were put into 
in um, and I think they're still in them, aren't they? In, in the, uh, the Butlins camp. Well, that's direct right, provision. Always. Direct provision. Yeah. Yes, direct provision. Um, I mean, like, and I know, um, um, like, what's not taken into account is people who are homeless. And I know I was judged last night by a guy who turned around and said something about where are my kids. My kids have nothing to do with my life when it comes to my home. They have their home and their kids. And through no fault of my own, I lost my home. And, um, and I did try to do everything to get it back. I offered it to the council, but there were no boxes ticked, so they didn't want to know. And, and so, you've, you've gone through, I know you've gone through a few years, Darianne, of, of not knowing where you'll be the following night, essentially. No, I've gone through it in the last week or so, yeah, again, and um, I was couch surfing and all sorts of... So you're sleeping on people's sofas? Yeah, I have been doing that for a week, and I'm just trying to get something sorted at the and, moment. And, 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 I, and I, I don't want to be disrespectful to you about your age, but at your age, that's ridiculous in, the, in your own country that you've paid taxes in all your life because you've always worked, uh, that you're now in a situation where you're sleeping on somebody's sofa. Yeah, no, Brian, Art Brian, that's a friend of mine. Now, I have no problem saying I'm 68 years of age. I'm a pensioner. I'm an old-age pensioner. I'm young at heart. But it doesn't mean, like, you know, in the middle of all my stuff being in storage, I got a call to start, they wanted me to send all these bank statements and everything into the housing place. Mm-hmm. And they knew that I was about to be homeless. And, oh my God. Okay, no, 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 I, no I, I get what you're saying. And, I, and by the way, you did start off by saying you have no objection. And, you know, you think it's a wonderful thing and we should be doing it. It's imperative, obviously, that we, you know, we look after people who are in a very bad situation. But Gerben, Derianne is kind of making a point that many people are making. You know, and nobody wants to have a go. Everybody's saying this is a wonderful thing. This is what we should be doing. It's a humanitarian mm-hmm. cause and you're right to be doing it. But if we can't get what well, the problem we have in this country right as it is, the, the housing crisis, how do we expect to do this? And if we do do it, it's a bit of a kick in the teeth for everybody who's been trying to get on the housing market or trying to get a home or trying to get sorted out over the last few years, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and there's a completely distrust the government as well. Like, and and I completely understand what uh, what she is saying. Um, so, I what I want to propose to bring a task force together, not just from the government, because they are talking from their own political agenda, so to speak. So that only they only gonna. Uh, say that the support is uh, because it suits them. Basically, that's that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And um, and then, but I want a task force together from charities because I think most of the help will now actually come from uh, from us, those ordinary people and charities and the likes and the government. You know, that's just that's that's wishful thinking. Uh, if they really come up with uh, with a solve, uh, with a plan to really build uh, homes for eighty to hundred thousand, possibly, I hear rooms. Well, possibly more. It could be up to one hundred and fifty thousand. By the way, it was mentioned last night. By the way, I know Willie O'Dea was mentioned last night that um, there is no cap on it. There's no cap on that figure. People keep saying, giving a figure out. It could be one hundred and fifty thousand. It could be two hundred thousand. There is no cap on that figure. It's whatever is needed, essentially. Hi, Niall. Sorry, I can't come on right now, but. Um, my view is like we've so many mobile home parks around Ireland. I think that would be perfect. I have a mobile home in a park in Wexford and I would be happy to give it to a Ukrainian family for a year or two. Um, thanks. Bye-bye. Mm, I, I appreciate that and I'm sure many people would. I don't know how ideal that situation would be. I think to live in a mobile home, well, I suppose mobile homes can be quite big, can't they? I'm, I'm thinking of a caravan, I suppose. It could be all right for a couple of weeks. I personally wouldn't fancy living in one for a year and a half. But then again, 
I suppose it's better than what somebody's coming from and I get the point that you're trying to make. Hi Niall, how are you doing? Personally, um, I wouldn't have the room to take any of the families in, but I'd love to. If I had the room, I certainly would. It'd be just interesting now to see would any of the politicians um, open the doors for the families. I doubt very much if the, the looks of Leo Varadka would take a family in, you know, but um, I think they should kind of practice what they preach. Good point, by the way. I haven't heard any politicians suggesting they're doing it, but maybe some are. Maybe I haven't just spotted it. Uh, Leo, I don't know if he has a spare room. Maybe he does have a spare room in his uh, nice house. Um, Maybe he has other properties. I don't know his personal business. But should he take people in and lead by example? Probably. Yeah, you're right. Maybe politicians should lead by example. If anybody knows of any politician who's taking in Ukraine or has already signed up for the Red Cross, please let us know. I'd love to hear, but I don't hear any of them actually saying that they have. Uh, the number is 087 The question we're asking is, hypothetically, if you had got a room, because not everybody has a room to offer up, would you offer it up? 4,000 people have already signed up to the Red Cross portal to offer a room for Ukrainian refugees. Remembering there is no cap on the figure that could come into this country anywhere anywhere between 80 to 100,000. It could be 150, you never know. And it could be for a long period of time. It may not be just for a year. And many of those people might want to stay, by the way. They may not want to go back. So I don't know what the situation is there. I don't think anybody's going to force them to go back if they feel safer here in Ireland. The number's 87 188 Would you offer a room? And is Ireland equipped to deal with 80 to 100,000 people? That's what a lot of people are saying. And I said it last night. I trust the people of Ireland. I trust our empathy, I understand, and I believe that we're empathetic, and I believe we want to do the right thing. But the one thing I don't trust is the Irish government. I find myself jumping back and forward on my views and what's happening around the world at the moment, and somebody just says, Niall, uh, we can't sustain a larger population in this country currently at the moment, or an increased population. Well, actually, you're wrong. We could sustain a very large population in this country, uh, as long as we do it properly, and we do it right. The unfortunate thing is we're dealing with the Irish government here. And sadly, they have proven over the last 20 to 30 years we are incapable of getting it right. We can't even run a health service properly in this country. So it's very difficult to trust them to get it right. We could sustain a population comfortably of 10 million people. We did have a population close to 10 million people going back to before the famine. In 1845, many people left this country, millions left this country, and went all over the world to Newfoundland, as far as Newfoundland, America, Canada, Australia, and to our next-door neighbours, of course, in Britain, where we have pockets of Irish people everywhere because they were forced out of this country. Uh, Many people starved, of course, during the famine at that time, 1845. So we've been there before as a country, just like the Ukrainian people. We've been there. We had to leave our country at one stage and we looked for help from other countries. Now, in fairness, if you go back to 1845, there wouldn't have been social welfare systems in place or PPS numbers or all of those kind of support systems in place and housing and et cetera, et cetera. We went to America. We would have had to rob, borrow, steal everything just to to get what we needed. But anyway, will you be putting up a home, a modular home or back garden home or two rooms in your house or offering the Red Cross something. Caroline, you're in Ireland's Classic Kids. How are you doing, Caroline? Hey, good. How are you now? Good, Caroline. I mean, look, when you watch the news, it's horrific to watch. It's horrifying. And, and I understand why so many people want to get out of there. And yeah. look, we have to do what we can. Yeah. You know, so have you, you've offered up a spare room, have you? Yeah, so I'm in Cork City. I'm from New York. I've actually been in Cork for about three years now. Um, so I know what it's like to to 
be displaced, I guess we'll say. Yeah, okay. Um, and I am in a three-bedroom right now with another girl, and we are opening our room to just a female adult, um, if possible, pet-friendly. <laughs> oh, okay, so they can bring their dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and in relation to your concerns, uh, that was that something you automatically, instinctively just said, I'd love to do that? Or do you have concerns about it? Because people are doing it, of course, 4,000 people have signed up already. But mm-hmm. some are saying, okay, I'll do it. But, you know, I do have some concerns. I want this done properly. And yeah. I don't know, by the way, are they paying people? I haven't even been to the website. Um, I don't I'm know. not sure. Mm. Uh, I think you're just offering it as a, as a service, I think. Honest, I mean, I have concerns about living with my current roommate now. Um, it's just a situation that you have to adapt to. Not that anything's wrong with her. She's lovely. But, you know, just living and sharing a space with someone um, is something that you have to adapt to no matter what. Um, and I think if you're not willing to do that and you're not willing to adapt in a situation like this, then there's not going to be enough help for everybody. Um, it should be kind of instinctive to have at least a little bit of, you know, self-sacrifice put aside for yourself um, so that you can make other people comfortable. And I think I think more people may do that yeah. if it was a little bit clearer. For example, I, it's easy enough to offer, offer up a room in your home. Mm-hmm. But when you've got somebody else living in the home, it's a extra electricity. You know, there's there's yeah. extra costs to having yeah. somebody else there. And, so I don't yeah. know whether the government are going to, you know, subsidise some of that or well, yeah, give you a reduction in taxes for doing say, it. We have to do it properly. And like you've been saying, basically, the government isn't really trustable to do these processes properly. I mean, I know that they have systems in place in Germany, for example, um, where it is being subsidized and the government, is, you know, has a system. Everyone is getting vetted and they're doing it, you know, A to Z, basically. Um, so more people are willing to do that because they can trust that, um, you know, God forbid something went wrong, but if it did, that they would be taken care of. Yeah, because it is a bit ad hoc, because there was a suggestion this morning, as they, you know, and they asked the minister, were people going to be guarded or vetted? Now, I'm yeah. talking about the people giving up the rooms. Were they, yeah. I mean, because the last thing you'd want is some poor Ukrainian woman coming to yeah. Ireland with two kids going into a house yeah. of an abuser or something like that. Yeah. Do, do you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm, I know that's doomsday scenario, but it could happen. And it's possible, yeah. And you, and you need to think it's the other way around, too. You know, like, you want to think that everybody is a good person and these people are offering their rooms, um, so you're just hoping for the best. It doesn't always work out that way. Yeah, and and of course the opposite could happen too. You know, you could offer your spare room to a nutcase. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, so, exactly. So we, we, yeah. we need to make sure we get all our eyes dotted. And you, as you said, Germany are putting steps in place to make sure that doesn't yeah. happen. But we seem to be doing it very ad hoc. And yeah. and it's kind of a bit of a rush. Obviously, look, needs must. Obviously, people are evacuating mm-hmm. now, so they yeah. need the spaces now. But we do seem to be doing it a little bit ad hoc. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess we just didn't really have anything. And, and that's been, a, I think, a case in Ireland. I, I'm not sure. I haven't been here that long. But, you know, not expecting something like this, not being prepared for something like this, not having the infrastructure to be, to be prepared for something like this. Mm-hmm. Um, someone said before, we're a neutral country. And you're right, we're not, you know. Um, <laughs> no. And, you know, not having anything in line in place for when something like this happens, I think is a little bit irresponsible in, in these days and ages. And, you know, we've known about this for a while. Um, so I think it definitely that we could have been a little bit more prepared. And, you know, like I said, like you want to imagine that everyone's a good person and that, uh, you know, since I'm giving up my room, I feel like it's obvious um, that you should you do the right thing here, you know. But um, there's mm. just lots of moving, moving cogs, basically, that make this more complicated, I think. Absolutely. Listen, cool. Caroline, listen, thank you very much indeed. And I appreciate yeah, you. No problem. Talk to us. All right, there you go, Caroline, who's offering up a room in her home. We got some audio to play, by the way, as well. Hi, Noel. I think it's a disgrace that Ireland should have to pay for these refugees. I feel sorry for them, feel bad for them, but why not take the money off the Russian tycoons, the likes of Roman Abramovich? They're sanctioning and seizing their money. Why not pay for it out of that money? There's enough billionaires that have criminal gains from Russia. Our young people can't even get on the property ladder. We're priced out of it. There's people with 
bad, bad medical conditions. They can't get a medical car in this country. Look after our own. And that's not being bad-minded. That's just being realistic. There's people in this country needs it. Why look after everyone else except ourselves? The same way we give money to Africa, the same way we let Apple off with tax, we need to buck up, look after ourselves and cop on. I, I understand what you're saying, and it is a fair point that you're making, and this is the point I made. Do I trust the Irish government to do it right because we've made such a mess of it in the past on numerous occasions? Now, don't get me wrong, we've done some good things too in this country, but generally speaking, do we get it right most of the time? No, we don't. Uh, how are we going to get it right this time? And you're right. I, I you know, And I agree absolutely, by the way, with helping out and doing our, the, the right thing, humani- doing the right humanitarian thing and helping others out, particularly at a time of need. We don't have, look, you might not be able to get a medical car, but you don't have missiles falling on your head. There's a bit of a difference here when it comes to needs must. Um, but in saying that, we need to give the woman the medical card or the man the medical card or the person the social welfare they needed or the house they need. We need to do all that as well. We've got to get that right too. But I think I can't think we can turn down this opportunity to help others too. To be prepared before mm. on the or neutral, mm. and you're right, you know, one such punching like this, right? We're not having no nothing in line, anything, you know, no. uh, you're responsible and responsible and in place when this or it happens, something like a little bit, I think, is about this fit.